I want to say welcome again. Um, today is a, a really cool day, really special day. Last week, those that came, thank you for being here. It was an incredible moment uh, just of the passing of the mantle from Pastor Ms. Steph to myself and Hope. And um, if you were in the room, you felt the presence like we felt. And we were so thankful that the Lord was near to that. And I keep telling Hope that what's amazing about it was we didn't just fill it up here. It was in the whole room. And it's God just blessing what we feel like he said to do. And so to be able for the whole room to fill it and not just be a disconnect lets us know that the Lord is in the midst of all of it. And God has been good and has been faithful. And so, um, again, thank y'all for being here. These next two weeks, uh, for those that uh, don't know, we're preaching a series entitled Get Ready. Get Ready. Somebody say, Get Ready. Get Ready. ready. I was asking the Lord, because I've known for a while that this was going to take place and this was going to be the first Sunday. And so I was like, Lord, what do you preach on your first Sunday? Like, what, what do you do? I mean, do you, do you bring like a, a banger of a salvation message? Like one that's just like, get to the cross. Hallelujah. Do you preach on the faithfulness of God? Do you, I mean, what do you do? Do you bring abide back out? Like that was an incredible service and moment. And do you just bring it back up and just go, hey, just a reminder, let's continue to abide in him so that we can always come into this place full. And so I've just been, I had been praying about it. I was like, Lord, I need you to give me direction. And so a couple months ago, we were in staff prayer and I always walk this, like this half of the sanctuary for the majority back and forth. I can't sit still in prayer time. And the Lord gave me a word for our church, for the direction of our church and what's he want, what he, what it is that he's wanting to do at Journey Church. And as he began to download this, this particular word, I just sat down and started writing what he was saying. Anybody ever had one of those moments where the Lord begins to speak to you? Let me encourage you, write it down because you'll forget it. You're like, man, that was a great word. And then a couple weeks later, you're like, wait, what did the Lord say to me? And it's like, hey, I probably should write this thing down. So we're in here and we're praying and the Lord gave me what I believe is a prophetic word for our church. And so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into it today. And I'm just going to lay it out through scripture, and I'm going to talk to you about practical ways. Uh, and then next week, we'll talk even more fine-tuned on what it means to get ready. What are we getting ready? What is Journey Church getting ready? So are you guys ready to receive a word from the Lord today? Yes. Come on, man. Now, and and as, I, as I do this, I want you to realize that, um, I want you to realize that you realize in the Bible, prophets went before the Lord, and then he gave them a word and told it to go teach, teach the, tell the people. That's what happens on Sunday mornings. Like, I think we, and I've mentioned this before, but I think we, we, we look at these things and go, man, God, it'd be so good to see you do that. It's like, you do realize, like, your man of God goes before the Lord for a word from him and then comes and brings it before you. He enters the throne room and the Lord is faithful to give a word. And so what we're seeing in the Bible through prophets, you see every day through a minister who stands behind the pulpit, whatever church you go to, he has stood before the Lord and the Lord has said, I've heard their hearts. This is the word I need you to preach. So there is great value to the fact that God has decided to share a word with us each and every week. And so again, we see Bible moments lived out every single day of our lives, every single day of our lives. It didn't just happen in the Bible. It happens today too. It happens today too. So get your Bibles out. Turn to Genesis chapter 6. Stay seated because we got a lot of scripture to read this morning. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read through this passage of scripture, and it's a very familiar passage. Once I start reading, you're going to know exactly 
exactly um, where I'm going with what God has given me to say, and you're going to know this story. But if you will go ahead and get your Bibles out, Genesis chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 5. Genesis chapter 6, in front of the Bible. Starting in verse 5. And like I said, I'm going I'm to read to about 7, verse 16. Chapter 7, verse 16. So I'm, I'm going to read this out and then we'll walk it out. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark is 300 cubits. Its breadth is 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. Can anybody realize from this and any other scriptures that God is very particular? God is very particular about things and instructions because he knows exactly how it needs to look so that it can function and do what he needs it to do. So he's very specific about it. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you, and of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Two of every sort shall come in to you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and stored up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. And I'm going to stop there. Let's pray. Lord, I pray over your word today. Lord, I pray that the people would hear the heart of their pastor today. As we are going into a new season and a new time, God, that you have set before us. And you've given us a word for our church. And we want to be like Noah and do all that you have said. And so today, God, I pray that as we lay this out, our hearts would be open, that our hearts would be tender to the word of the Lord, and that we would accept any challenge that you give us. And we love you today, Jesus. It's your name we pray. Amen. We have a lot to unpack today. There's a lot of scripture here. There's a lot of things that have taken place in this word, and we're just going to start from the beginning. The Lord noticed that man was evil and corrupt. That every thought and every intention of his heart was evil and corrupt. Does that sound familiar to anybody in the room? Does that sound familiar to anybody in the room? Man. 
I told you what happened in the Bible doesn't just stay in the Bible. There is nothing new under the sun. It has happened for a long time. And thank the Lord that he made a covenant and a promise that he would never flood the earths again. Because it, it could probably happen now, honestly, <laughs> the way the world's going. But he looked down and he had intentions in his heart to end off let to just stop it, erase it all. But there was a man in verse um, in verse 8, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, to hear today that God would say, but Kyle Cox found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But Ashley Brandon found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But Jane Donaldson found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Can I tell you something? This is another kingdom principle today. God can move on the behalf of one person. The earth was saved because of one person. All of creation was saved because of one person. And God will do the same thing today in your life that he's done in Noah's life. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards him. Come on, somebody. If you're the only one in your family pursuing him, he will show up for you. If you're the only young person in your school praying for revival, he will show up in your school for you. If you're the only person in your marriage seeking him, he will show up for you. If you're the only one faithful in tithing in your company, he will show up and bless your company because of you. What you are doing and saying is being seen by the one that it matters the most. Some of you today have been discouraged because you feel like you're the only one. And I'm here to tell you today that God moves because of the only one. And I know that God's going to show up and move because I know there's at least one in this church that wants to see him move in only the way that he can move. Come on, somebody. Y'all can talk to me today. I think y'all are holding on for the challenges later. You're like, let me see what he's going to challenge me with first before I say amen. Give me the whole thing first and then I'll say amen. (laughs) Speaking, come on, have faith in me, guys. I promise I'm not signing you up for nothing crazy. But his eyes are running to and fro. Doesn't that bless your heart? Yes, sir. That God, the creator, that, listen guys, y'all know how many millions of people there are and have been, but his eyes are still roaming to and fro for you. Every single one of you, online, in the room, on your couch, at work, wherever you are, his eyes have roamed to and fro and he finds you and he moves on your behalf. Don't give up. Don't feel like it's offered. Can you imagine Noah walking through his city seeing everyone around him doing and living the life that they were living, it's the same for you. It's not really that hard to imagine because <laughs> you're literally walking around, scrolling through Facebook, seeing everything that everyone around you is wow. doing. Wow, that's and we can continue to be Noah's today. And I'll tell you how in just a minute. But I do want to point this out. A lot of times we throw out all these, these man, God bless God, yeah, I'm going to encourage you in this. But I, want to, I do want to point this out because I feel like it is my responsibility to do so. It says, it says, those who are blameless or fully committed to him. So let me read it to you one more time. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards him. That means fully committed to him. We all have sinned. 
We have all fallen short of the glory of God. The word tells us that, and thank you through Jesus, and the blood covers all of that. So blameless doesn't necessarily mean you ain't never done anything wrong in your life. What it means is, is your heart towards him. Are you living a righteous life? A lot of people try to take hold of these principles of kingdom, and they're not even living kingdom lives. They're not living righteousness in their life every single day. And so they try to plug in these quick equations that they have no clue how to function in their lives. And then they step back and go, well, well, God, why didn't you show up? It's because our hearts have to be blameless or fully committed to him that he moves on our behalf. Don't get too quiet on me, church. Don't get too quiet on me. I'm just trying to help you out. I'm trying to advance you. Remember, this is all from love to see you go. But may it be said about the people of Journey Church that we found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9, it says that Noah walked with God. He spent time with God. In the midst of how often are we walking with God? I was listening to a message by T.D. Jakes talking about the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will. Then he left, saw the disciples, went back and had to pray again. That's two times. Then he had to go back and go pray it again the third time. He goes, if Jesus had to pray three times, honey, your once a a week prayer ain't going to (laughs) work. I was like, hey, Jesus got to do it. We got to do it. Come on. He had to constantly line his will up with the Father's will. And he even told us, no one knows the Father except me. I know his heart and what he wants, but still God, Jesus said, this cup is too heavy to bear. But he continued to pray, not my will, your will. Until it linked up. I guarantee you to pay, pray 10 more times if he had to. We've got to walk with God. So God has this plan for the coming destruction of the world and all things that have breath of life in their lungs. He is going to destroy. And I promise it's going somewhere. There's hope in this message today. So as I'm praying to the Lord and I'm walking this front altar, he asked me, what did the ark represent? What did the ark represent in this, in this, in this moment? It represented salvation. It was salvation from the coming destruction. The ark represented that if you're in this, you're safe from that. If you're here, you're not going to die. If you're in Journey Church, you're not going to die. I don't know if you're catching on yet, but he has told me Journey Church is an ark for the city of Millington. That there is a place that someone can go to and cling to the cross of Jesus and receive salvation from coming destruction in their lives. Some of y'all were as happy as I was. Some of y'all are like, I'm still waiting for you to tell me my challenges and then I'll say amen. And that's okay. The Lord has spoken that Journey Church will be a place of refuge for the city of Millington. And as I'm listening to this, I'm like, Lord, this is great. This is so good that in the midst of everything going on, you want to stop and you want to speak specifically to the future lead pastor of this church that you want to use this place as an ark, place of refuge, a place of salvation, place of restoration. For some, they're going to come into this altar. They're going to come into this place. And just like the sons and Noah and the other animals that we're going to reproduce, their whole lineage is going to be saved because they came to the ark. We're not just talking right now. We're talking generations to come. 
And if Jesus tarries for another 50 years, there's a couple more generations coming. And he's wanting to save them. Does that mean he's not going to use other churches in the city? Absolutely not. Jesus is, Jesus is going to use every... Listen, we all have, we have 27 different um, flavors of church in the South. If you don't like this one, you go to this one. If you don't like this one, you go to this one. But can I tell you something? As long as Jesus is being preached, we're all unified. That's, that's my stance on it. I've met with a couple pastors already, and I'm like, if you're winning, we're winning. I'm tired of this. Well, if, they, if, I, if you show up to this, they're going to want to come to your church and not my church. Praise God they're in church. Can I get an amen, somebody? Come on. Come on. So as I say this, I don't know what the Lord's telling these other pastors, but I know what he's telling Journey Church. And it's, we are an ark in the midst of our city. So as we're doing this and we're writing down, I'm like, man, this is so good, God. Amen. Woohoo. This is great. God said, I want you to realize what I also said. I instructed Noah to build and that I would send. I would make a calling that went out all over the earth to bring in them two by two. And the Lord told me, just as I promised Noah, I'm promising you that I will send them two by two. Not one here, one there, one over here, one under there, one, two by two. Two by two. And he says, as I say two by two, I mean two of every kind. I mean sinners, I mean broken, I mean drug addicts, I mean prodigals, I mean ethnicities, I mean ages, I mean socioeconomic statuses, I mean two of every kind. And I said, Jesus, if that's the heart for journey, I'm in. If that's your heart for us in this community, I'm in. If you're going to send them, we want to be ready and we want to get ready. I don't want all the good church people. We've already met Jesus. We're already on our way. There's a lot more that need to find out who he is. That need salvation in their lives. And God is saying, I'm calling Journey Church for such a time as this. Whoo! Man, totally forgot where I was at in my notes. God has seen a group of people. He sees our hearts. We can say all we want to up here or with our mouths, but it, the word tells me he judges the heart. He sees the heart. We can say all we want to say, but he sees the heart. And God has seen the heart of Journey Church. And he has said, that is where my ark will be. That is where the ark will be, is Journey Church, because their hearts, there is a people in the midst of people whose hearts are ready to see the harvest come, and them come two by twos from all kinds, everywhere, to come and be close to Jesus. He turned my attention to rain. The way the earth used to be watered was a mist from the ground. So rain wasn't really known, and flooding was never known either. There's a flood coming. Can you imagine telling people that had never seen flooding, this whole earth is going to be covered in water? 
like up over that mountain to where you can't even stand on your tippy toes to breathe a little bit before you go back under. Like there is no way of survival. That much water is about to hit this earth. Something unseen and unknown was coming. And he was telling Noah to be prepared for it. I believe in my heart that God is telling us that something that we've never seen is on its way. And he needs us to prepare the ark and be ready for it. And I'm not saying coming destruction, the earth is going to be destroyed in a couple of days. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a mighty move of God that's about to flush across the country. And we are going to be ones that are ready for what's coming. There are going to be people that go, why are you getting ready? And we're going to look at them and go, because something big is coming. I ain't never seen it and I don't know what it is, but I'm still going to get ready because God said, get ready. Come on, church. Somebody say, get ready. So I'm, I'm, I'm lit at this point. I'm writing in my journal. We come together. Uh, we were fixing to come together. And I was like, I'm about to share this with the staff. I'm going to let them know. They're going to hear this. They're going to know it. And we're going to pray it. And we're going to believe it. And we're going to trust God. And God goes, but I have, I have something to say. I said, okay, what is it that you want to say? You know, God always gives you these plans. You get excited. And he goes, specifically, let me give you a few more details. It needs to be this big, this high, this tall. He goes, do you think I would have sent the animals to an incomplete ark? You think I would have sent all of the things that needed to be on the ark to an incomplete ark? I said, Lord, what? <laughs> I'm over here just excited about you calling us an ark. Let's go. And this is where get ready came from. He said, the ark is not ready. It needs to get ready. The ark is not ready. It needs to get ready. Journey Church is not ready yet for what is to come, but we are about to get ready. Somebody say, get ready. You're going to say, get ready in your sleep. You're going to eat your cereals in the morning. Your little ABC uh, SpaghettiOs is going to spell get ready out as you're eating them at lunch tomorrow. Like, come on, get ready is about to be all over the place because I'm here to tell you, he has told us, Journey Church, get ready. Get ready. Get the ark ready. Because if we're not ready and he begins to send in the drug addicts, we can't look at them with judgmental eyes. If a different ethnicity walks through the door, we can't look at them sideways because they came through our doors. If they sit in our pew, we cannot be religious and be like, I don't like the, the left side of Pastor T's head. I like the right side. So you need to go sit somewhere else so I can see the right side of his head. The presence is in the room <laughs> from the front to the back up in the balcony down here it's everywhere but if we are not ready and they begin to come our greeters at the front door if you're looking at people with the scowl on your face they ain't gonna walk back through the doors if you're coming through with the with the thing and let me just be honest here they're walking through with the mask and you look at them and go that mask ain't working they're gonna turn around they're gonna walk out keep your opinion to yourself and say, I'm so glad you just walked into church today. Jesus loves you and I do too. And I'm breaking it down because if we're going to get ready, we have to get real. If we're going to get ready, we have to get real. And you need to hear my heart. This is not anything to throw darts at anyone or try to be political or talk about the end things right now. There are things that we'll address as time moves on. But what I'm just saying is we need to get real and realize the one thing that unites us all is Jesus. And that Jesus would smile because they walked in the room. 
a woman with an alabaster box came in and all the disciples had their little side, side eyes out. You know them side eye emojis? They was all texting them to each other as she walked in the room. And Jesus ain't worried about what she came in or with or what she had. She just had a heart of worship. And there are people in our city that have a heart of worship that has been so lost in the dark, they're about to see light. And they're going to run to it. And when they do, we've got to be ready. Somebody say, get ready. Woo! So as I'm typing this out, I'm like, Lord, okay, I'm going to share that. It's going to be 10 minutes and we're going to be able to go home. He's like, no, we got we to talk it out a little bit more. So we're going to talk about it a little bit more. When I say get ready, we have a responsibility, not only as a church, but as individuals. Okay? When I say get ready, you don't just look at the pastor and the staff and go, okay, y'all better get us ready. You have a responsibility to get ready on yourself. Okay? We all have responsibility. Not only am I getting ready for the church, I've got to have myself ready. I've got to be sure that I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit and I'm the one going, okay, God, that rain's still coming. I smell it. Let me, make, let me stay diligent about the work that you've put me on instead of just hanging around, you know, twiddling my thumbs. I got individual things that I have to work on on my own as well. We all have got to do it, but we've got to make sure that we are doing it as individuals, not only as a church whole. Ephesians 4.16 says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We all have specific things in us that God created us for. Some of you are compassionate about children. Children's ministry is a great place to start. Some of you don't like people's faces. Don't stand at the front door if you don't like somebody. You see what I'm saying? Like It's, it's okay to not like people's faces. That's all right. There's a place for you. Not around people. There's a parking lot out there that needs to be weed-eated. There's grass to cut. Like, that's still doing your own special work. Everybody thinks because we say that, you got to be in front doing some... We don't, if you don't like people's faces, we don't want you out front. Because they know you don't like their face. You ain't hiding it good at all. You're like, welcome to church. I'm happy to see you. Go sit down. <laughs> it's like, hey, are you happy to be here? <laughs> Wow, you must have walked in. You were the first one. They said, hey, come greet at the front door. No. <laughs> wow. Mm. <laughs> I learned my lesson with all of that. My boy Noah Taylor was in kids ministry with us. He grew up in, Miss Sheila knew when Noah Taylor walked in the room. Like he, just, he was just a ball of energy. He, we, we have two of those kids <laughs> in our house. People know when they walk through the front door, they can sense it with their spidey senses. And Noah was doing something crazy. Well, I found out he didn't like the nursery. He thought if you put him in the nursery, he was a baby. And so I grabbed Noah Taylor one day by his, like, by his pants. And I picked him up and he was laying completely straight like this. And I was like, I'm taking you to the nursery right now. Well, I said that. Somebody was walking a visitor down the hallway and heard my voice and said, oh, hey, here's our children's pastor. Let me introduce you to them. And I'm like... Hey, promise it's not my first day on the job. <laughs> Make sure you got the right people in the right place at the right time. 
So we've got to realize that we have jobs as individuals to work on. So Pastor T, what are some things that need to change? What are some things in our life? If you're taking notes, this is a good place to really write these things down. And we're going to talk about three of them today, and then next week we'll get into a couple more and kind of really fine-tune it. First one is righteousness. Righteousness is right living with God. So if there's something in our life, listen, I will always lead with Jesus. I will always lead with Jesus. Our new growth track that comes out in about a couple of weeks that we're going to have all of our new people go through, it's not something that everybody that's been coming has to go back through. If you want to, to check it out, you can. But we're starting with Jesus. Who is Jesus? How do you live for Jesus? If you want to be a part of this church, that's very important in your life. And we want to start with Jesus. He is the first thing. So if we're going to work on ourselves, the first thing we have to do is work on righteousness. Right living with God. God is calling us to such a place that we have to live different. We have to live different. People need to see Journey Church on something that you're wearing and go, there's something different about those people. There is something different about those that call Journey Church their home. We can't act or look like the world. The things that used to satisfy us cannot satisfy us anymore. The only thing that can satisfy us is the Lord. And a lot of times, this is not a hoorah praise moment in church because it hurts. It does. I'm not up here going, this is the easiest thing to do. It's tough. There are things in your life that you've lived certain ways and done certain ways that it's just habit now. It has crept into a place where it's just habit. You don't even have to think about it anymore. You live that way. But oh, to be at a place where we just live righteously. We don't have to think about it. We just do it because that's who we are and we work on it. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, abstain from every form of evil. Abstain, stay away from, hate it, don't like it from every form of evil. That verse has to be in our hearts. That has to be in our hearts. We're telling people to live for Jesus and they meet us in the community and we're living like them. That will not change anything. What it will do is set up a false gospel in their eyes. And they will think they can just keep doing what they want to do and they're living righteously for Jesus. And then people are being led astray, false prophets, if you will, to this whole thing that you can continue to live however you want to live and not live a righteous life. And Jesus just covers it all. (laughs) He just covers it all. And it's not that way. He's called us to righteousness. He's called us to not live as the world. He even tells us flesh doesn't understand this gospel because it's folly. It's foolishness to them. But the Lord has chose the foolishness of the world, of the kingdom, to confound them and to, to make them go, I don't understand it. You ain't supposed to understand it in world terms. Because if you could explain it, we could make a little potion mixture up and fix everything. But we got to live in faith and righteousness. Living in faith and righteousness, right living with God. Number two is this, dedication. Dedication. If we're going to get righteousness right, we're going to get dedication right. And that's dedication to the plan of God. The things of God have to be number one in our lives. God cannot get our second best. Here's what I mean by that. For me in ministry, when I look at my life, 
The way I put things in order is God's number one. I love my wife more than any person in this world, even my children. I love my wife more than my children. And so, but she cannot be over God. She is number two. God is number one. Then after her, it's my kids. And I, they are on the same level. There is not one this way or this way. It is on the same level. I love my kids the same. And then it's my calling. When I say the things of God have to come first, you, you don't abandon family and go, well, I've got to be at that church 24-7 all the time. But what I'm saying is you don't set these things in front of you and go, well, you know what? I, I can't do it today. I got this going on, or I got this going on, or I got this going on, I got this going on. God can't get your second best. You go through your week and you plan your whole week and then go, well, if I have time, I'll do that. If I have time, I'll show up to the church and do a ministry. If I ain't got nothing, if I don't have a party going on Sunday afternoon, I, I, I'll come and help you in streets ministry. Don't bank on me. We've had people in the church go, I don't want to put my name because I don't want to commit. How do you get an ark ready when people won't commit? Well, I can't commit. I just, I want my name to be a good, clear name. I'm like, that's doing worse than committing and not following through, honestly. But I'm not saying commit and don't follow through. Oh my gosh. I just hear your thoughts. You're like, he said commit, so I'm going to commit to everything and I ain't showing up to nothing. At least I did that. How are we going to grow the kingdom of God if we can't get people dedicated to the things of God? How can we grow the kingdom if we cannot get people dedicated to the things of God? We have to make sure our priorities are in place. Hey, you know what? I've got something going on at the church. I've got a ministry I've got to be involved in. I can't do this this month. Maybe next month. But we don't want to give up our fun we don't want to give up our extracurriculars. I work hard for my time off. Great, take time off. But don't constantly fill all your free time with things of this world because one day you will stand before the Lord and cast everything into a fire. And the things that are of the kingdom of God will be tried and true and everything of the world will burn up. And I don't want to work my whole life for things that will burn up. I do not want to work my whole life for things that will burn up. That is not what God has called me to. You don't think that the ark was priority for Noah? I mean, that man had, I mean, he's like, it's coming. Get it ready. Okay. He didn't go, you know what, Lord, I can't. I got, I got, I got to get the kids to those ball games over here. And then when I get done with that, I'm going to go grocery shopping. Clickless wasn't available, so I actually have to go in and grocery shop. So that's going to take at least three hours because I'm going to buy 150 items I don't need. Then after that, I got to go home, do homework. We got to get the kids in bed. And then after they're in bed, I got to have some time to myself. So you know what? Even talking to you, it's taking up a little bit too much of my time. So, hey, I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> and I'll work on the ark then. Once the ark was ready, you don't, you don't think there wasn't any animal poop to clean up? Or baths to give or feedings to take place? You thought them animals just, the Lord clogged them up for 40 days and 40 nights? <laughs> nay, nay. <laughs> Proverbs 14.4 gives us really great wisdom. It says, where there are no oxen, the manger and the stable is clean. 
but abundant crops and harvest come by the strength of the ox. Let me tell you what that says. It's real easy to not have any ox. There's not new people coming into the church and we maintain where we're at. It's easy. I ain't got to do nothing more than what I'm doing. We're already there. We've arrived. But there is great harvest when there are ox. If we want to get ready for the ark and we want to see what God wants to do in the city of Millington, there is going to be some poop to clean up. It's truth. It's truth. We can't just hope that, God, you're going to see magical unicorns that do nothing but poop ice cream. It ain't going to happen. And I know y'all think, I laugh, that's what we think sometimes, though. That, man, yes, God, send them in. And then they come to you and they go, man, I bought all these drugs last night. I don't know what to do with them. And then you step back and go, oh, my Lord Jesus. That's poop to clean up. That's poop to clean up. Maybe there's a prostitute in the city that wakes up on a, Saturday, a Sunday morning and something from Journey Church happened to have been in the lobby of the motel that she was at that night. And Jesus goes, you need to go there. And she shows up in what she was wearing the night before. If we're talking real, if we're going to get ready, we got to get real. There are broken, hurting people in our city that are lost in darkness. And they're going to come in and there's going to be work to do. But if it's just the staff doing it, it will not work. The ark has got to get ready. We have to do the work. If you want harvest, it's going to be messy. It's easy to say amen and preach it, but to show up and put in the work is dedication. And that's what it's going to take to get ready. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. And number three is availability. Saying yes to God. There's a difference between dedication and availability. God's calling you to minister to men who are dealing with pornography. But you're dedicated to cutting that grass out front. Availability says... Lord, if I'm not supposed to cut this grass and I'm supposed to go run that life group, I'm going to go run that life group. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. There's a difference between dedication and availability. Huge difference. We can be dedicated, but are we available to God to say, hey, whatever you want to do, I say yes. Whatever it looks like, I say yes. If I'm the one scooping the poop, I'm going to scoop the poop. I'd much rather feed them in the front and not take care of the backlash, but hey, whatever you want me to do, I say yes. I say yes. We have to be a church full of yeses in our hearts. And listen, your yes will look different than someone else's yes. But your yes will be just as special as anyone else's yes. Just because it looks different than the person next to you does not mean your yes is any less important. Jesus is looking for a heart that will say, yes, Lord, I am available. I am available. But when you say you are available, you are saying anything you ask of me, Lord, I will do it. I'm telling you this point because you need to know the cost up front. We don't want to get into two months worth of getting ready and you realize the cost then and go, I'm out. The cost is too much. I want to be a heart of compassion and say, I'm going to let you know up front, it's going to cost you a yes. It's going to cost you being available, saying, Lord, whatever it is you need me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Noah dedicated his life and reputation to this. It's not in Scripture, but can you imagine people watching him build this massive ark? If you've ever been to the ark, they built it 
to size. I've never been there. I've just seen pictures and it's massive. Noah, I don't think Noah was a frail man to be able to do that. And his sons, they had to be some hosses. You know what I'm saying? And when I hear that, I'm like, Lord, you sending some hosses to Journey Church to get ready, right? Come on, come on. (laughs) But it's big and they're sitting there watching this thing continue to grow and get bigger and bigger, and there's very specific details. The the community is going to be watching what Journey Church is doing, and it's going to look different than anything they've ever seen. But we've heard from the Lord, and there's specific instruction for every detail of it. And we have to put our yes and our reputation on the line to say, we're doing it the way He said do it. Because there's something very special. He needed every bit of that room. He knew how big He needed it to be, to put as many animals on there He needed to. So we hear the heart of Jesus and we say yes. His whole family, listen to this, his whole family was involved. It wasn't just the leader, it was the whole family effort. That's what it's gonna take at Journey Church. It's not just this staff, not just this pastor and his wife breaking their backs trying to do things. It's gonna take the whole family together. He fits the whole body together perfectly so that as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the body is Growing and full of love. That's what it's going to take. I've always told people, I believe Millington will be enhanced because Journey Church is here. I believe our city will be enhanced because of our church. There will, people, there will be generational cycles that will be broken. Poverty will be broken. There will be so many things that will change in people's lives just because Journey Church said yes. I believe that with my whole heart, and I hope you do too. I hope you do too. God will send them, the animals, the people, the lost from all over the place. And sometimes, guys, I said socioeconomical classes. It's not just broken people. He's going to send people that everybody wants. He's going to send people that are going to come in here and they're going to just be, they're going to be the magical unicorns that poop ice cream and we're going to be super excited about them being here. It's going to be an array of people and it's going to look like the kingdom of heaven and it's going to be an amazing thing, but we have to get ready. We have to get ready. Let me tell you this and then we'll close out. Devonte, if you can go ahead and play some keys for me, man. I want to remind you of another cost up front. Some of you might have had a heart your whole life to get out of Dodge. Grown up here, I've lived here, I'm out. Served my time, I'm going somewhere else. And God might just call you to stay. Not Journey Church, I'm talking about in Millington, surrounding areas. So many people are like, man, I've got to get out of this place. I have, I have so much tenacity inside of me, I'm not going to let the culture of my city change by anything else but by the kingdom of God. And if it takes me saying yes and linking in here as long as I need to, then I'm going to do it. Some of you might have just been living on the edge watching God, watching things, and God's calling you to canal, come deeper. Some God will call out of this place to the ends of the earth to preach the gospel. I believe missionaries will be birthed out of our church. I believe that he will enhance the kingdom and advance the kingdom out of Journey Church. I don't know what his plan is for each of us, but what I do know is that we have to do our part and just say yes. And it can't just be me saying it. 
It cannot be me. Just say, I can say it and I will grow old and gray saying it and we will never change anything. It's all of us together. And then as we say yes, we have to follow the instruction of the Holy Spirit. It's easy to say yes and then when he tells you, you can go, I need an interpreter, please. I need a second opinion on that. We have to follow an instruction of the Holy Spirit. My heart, my spirit man is like leaping inside of me as we lay this out. Get ready is not just a catchy phrase. Get ready is a, a command, a calling from God to journey church. And we've got to get ready. We've got to get ready. And I'm not going to ask you to say yes this week. I've got plans for next week. And I want you to come back. I want you to pray over this. The notes that you took, I want you to pray over them. I want you to ask God, if you want to say yes today and you want to say yes to Jesus, then let's go. Some of you don't need to know the plan. You just know God's good and we're going to do it. And I'm thankful for that. And I know some of you in the room are like, hey, I need a little more splaining. (laughs) I need you to spell it out for me, please. And I don't mind doing that either. I'm not going to stand up and go, why don't you just trust me? Why don't you just trust God? Like, okay, if you want me to walk it out for you, let's walk it out together. At least you're here and wanting to walk it out. But I'm so excited about what God wants to do. As we get into next week, we'll talk about the practicality of all these things and how as a church, we will get ready. We'll lay out a ministry plan. We'll lay out different things. We have blueprints downloaded and we will share those next week. We will share those next week with where God is wanting to take Journey Church and how he's going to get us there. How he's going to take us to that place. And it takes every person in the room, every person online that couldn't be here today. Hopefully you've been typing in the comments, get ready. Because Journey Church, we got to get ready for what God wants to do in us and through us for this incredible city of Millington and surrounding areas.